0: It's Tuesday, January 9th, we're talking some Cardinals baseball as we bring in Cards reporter for MLB.com, Jennifer Langosh. Happy New Year, Jennifer, and a little over a month or so till pitchers and catchers report to spring training. But before we get into lineup rotation and all that for 2018, let's look back at the offseason. And from your perspective, as the team or and organization accomplished what they set out to do prior to the offseason beginning?
2: You know, they've accomplished a number of things. You know, you look at a hot stove season that's been pretty cold across baseball. The Cardinals were actually one of the more active teams in the month of December. They went out, they signed Miles Nikolas, who filled a rotation vacancy that they needed with the departure of Lance Lynn. They went out, they got Luke Gregerson, somebody that they believe can pitch somewhere in the back end of their bullpen. And their biggest move to date, of course, going out and trading for Marcel Ozuna, who uh, not only upgrades their outfield defensively, but certainly transforms And deepens the look of their lineup so you know that being said you know there's still some question marks with this team as far as the back end of the bullpen particularly with that ninth inning this is a club that does not have a closer in place of course son 1-0 becoming a free agent at the end of the 2017 season trevor rosenthal recovering from tommy john surgery and has since been released as well so the cardinals still out there looking at the closers market both free agent options which there's not very many left greg holland Addison Reed, probably the two guys, um, you know, most likely if the Cardinals go that route. Also, of course, you know, checking in with other teams to see if maybe they can acquire a closer by trade. So um, this is a club that still has money to spend. Again, still wants a ninth-inning guy, and it's a team that could really pounce if the market drops in terms of asking prices, even for, say, a starting pitcher. So they want to be opportunistic. So I don't think the Cardinals are done just yet. So, again, even though maybe it's been a little bit of a quiet offseason for baseball fans, stay tuned. I still think there's a few moves here to come in St. Louis.
0: Nice. Yeah, I'm sure fans there want to hear that as well, especially shoring up the back end of that bullpen, as you said, and we'll get more into that shortly uh Marcel Ozuna pretty good consolation prize losing out on Carlos Stanton, but bring in Ozuna I mean that's a big name that's a big bat right in the middle of that lineup so let's look at the lineup right now um last season the Cardinals finished 13th in run scored so right in the middle of the pack they batted 256 as a team so Ozuna enters the picture do you see the cards bats that lifting the entire order and they vault into the top five top 10 in baseball how do you see the lineup shaping up next season
2: yeah, I mean, there's interesting because there's still a few question marks left, starting with who leads off. I mean, this is a club with Matt Carpenter and Dexter Fowler. Um, they essentially have two leadoff hitters, and they haven't yet decided which one will hit first. The other will probably hit second. My guess is that the Cardinals um, keep Matt Carpenter in that leadoff spot. It's where he's been most productive in his career, and for whatever reason, it is where he is most comfortable. So you look at a lineup that probably starts with Matt Carpenter, followed by Dexter Fowler, and then I would guess that you have Tommy Pham and Marcelo Zuna right there at number three and four. And you're talking about in Sam and Ozuna, two of the National League's best hitters last season. Now, neither may have he got the recognition um, that they, they deserved, you know, Tommy Sam, because he played on a team that didn't make the postseason. And they you have know, kind of the same thing with Ozuna. But what Ozuna does is he gives the Cardinals that potential big bat in the middle of the lineup that they haven't had the last couple of years. You think about the run of success this organization had, you know, throughout the last two decades. It was with an Albert Pujols or a Matt Holliday or a Jim Edmonds, somebody in the middle of that lineup that really anchored it. And the Cardinals believe that Marcel Ozuna can be that guy. You're getting him at the prime or what you expect to be the prime of his career. You're getting him off a career season, two years left before he's a free agent. So. Yeah, I mean, the Cardinals feel like that is going to impact their lineup significantly. And then, of course, deep it is, because then he's still behind him would have probably Paul Young, Yadier Molina, you know, Judd Jerko, Colton Wong. All of a sudden, you have a lineup that, you know, one through eight looks probably among the deepest in the National League.
0: And also, as you mentioned, I mean, the, the run of Cardinals success over recent years, so much as... Uh, connected to the strength of the rotation and just the pitching staff as a whole as well as the bullpen and uh, so take us through the rotation going into 2018 last season middle of the pack 11th in terms of runs allowed a 4.01 era as a team what's the improvement do you see improvement going into this season
2: yeah you know to me there's still some question marks with this rotation you still have carlos martinez atop it this is a guy who you know, I think many of us believe can be an elite starter in this league, and you know he has been to some extent the last two years. I would say that 2017 wasn't necessarily the leap four that everybody expected from Carlos. You know, that being said, he did hit that 200 inning mark for the first time in his career. Um, he was a very durable starter for for this team, so um, he will anchor it from the top. You know, but then behind him again, I think there are some questions. You know, you have Michael Waka, who you know fortunately was able to get through 2017 without any recurring issues with his shoulder. But I think that's going to be um, something he battles probably throughout the rest of his career. Adam Wainwright then to me is probably the biggest unknown. I mean, we've seen Adam at times in his career, be among the best pitchers in baseball. We've also seen the last two years him really labor through some effectiveness issues. And of course he had to have another surgery on his elbow at the end of the season. So, you know, which Adam Wainwright are you going to get in 2018? I think that's a big question for the Cardinals. And I think, that'll dictate in many ways how this rotation kind of looks from start to finish next season. Uh, Miles Nikolas, a, a guy who has had a lot of success the last couple of years in Japan. Can that translate back here into the majors? The Cardinals hope so. They they believe that um, what he's been able to figure out the last few years will help. And you know, then you have a crop of young starting pitchers. And I think this is where the rotation gets very interesting for the Cardinals. I mean, uh, Luke Weaver, a guy who we saw have a lot of success down the stretch last year, probably the inside track, that fifth spot in the rotation but you know pushing him are going to be a guy like jack Flaherty. uh you have alex reyes who's expected to come back from tommy john surgery maybe a few weeks into the season dakota hudson you have all sorts of young starting pitchers kind of on the horizon so um again to me there's still a lot of question marks in this group but i think where the cardinals could benefit from is their depth and then they do have a number of young pitchers that at some point next season maybe at varying points next season could
0: each make a different impact yeah and and frankly when you know when we talk with a lot of different people about teams right now and mlb.com reporters that seems to be a theme is question mark in the rotation so the cardinals certainly aren't alone there in terms of um you know front end starters but depth does matter especially over the course of the season as you said that's really important and you start off jennifer you mentioned the bullpen right off the bat and how the cardinals probably aren't finished and in terms of the closer role you know as well and that's obviously crucial to this team going forward uh one minor uh deal yesterday they signed uh Preston Gilmet to a minor league contract I guess he last appeared in the majors back in 2015 but focus on the bullpen if you could Jennifer for a little bit and look look at what the Cardinals are still expecting to gain out there in the free agent market
2: yeah I mean really again the ninth inning is the biggest kind of unknown you you look at the free agent options you know this is a team that was interested in Wade Davis and had Kind of pursued that but obviously Wayden is no longer on the board as an option with you know the signing with the rockies a couple weeks ago um you know so greg holland would be the guy of course that comes with usually a pretty hefty commitment both in terms of years and dollars the cardinals you know are also exploring the idea of signing somebody who maybe has had a lot of success as a setup man um somebody that they, they, they believe can again translate that success into success in the ninth inning again addison reed who i mentioned earlier could fit that mold you know, you look at the options they have right now. You know, Luke Gregerson, who they signed last month, has closed before. He was a closer at Houston for a season. That being said, he's coming off a subpar year. We saw his home run rate spike. We saw some other issues there. So I'm not sure that he is necessarily the guy right now. But there is always a possibility that the Cardinals go into spring training kind of with an open competition. Um, you know, we talk about depth in the rotation. They do have decent depth in the bullpen. I mean, I think they've kind of got the bridge from the starters to the closer covered. It's just a matter of who can step up and pitch that ninth inning. So, uh, you know, I think you're going to see guys like Brett Cecil and Matt Bowman, Tyler Lyons, John Brebbia play big roles here for this team as far as late inning relievers. But again, this is a club that does want somebody with experience in the ninth inning. Manager Mike Matheny, um, you know, has said as much, you know, even as recently as the winter meetings that he believes that ninth inning is a different animal and would prefer to have somebody who's done it before. So um, to me, that kind of remains the Cardinals' biggest priority, and we'll see here in the next couple weeks if they're
0: able to address it yeah an open competition sometimes not the worst thing to have in camp it makes people raise their level of play for sure and Jennifer as we wrap up here um the rookie career development program that MLB does took place last weekend Cardinals pitcher Jack Flaherty took part in that MLB Pipeline's Jim Callis caught up with Jack Flaherty at last weekend's rookie career development program and here's what he had to say
3: uh, Jack you had a, a big year this year you went from double A to the big leagues had the best year of your career you know performance wise what do you th- what was the difference this year I mean I know from talking to scouts I think you were throwing a little bit harder than you had in the past was there more to it than that what was the difference for you, know, you this
4: know I-, I would say that definitely there was kind of an uptick in velo but it was really just getting back to what doing what I do well like I felt like my walks went down I felt like I got ahead more you know early on in double A I- I- all I wanted to do was coming out of spring was to get off to a good start. And I felt like I did that really well by just kind of taking a step back and doing what I do well and like what I did well in high school, which was throw strikes, get ahead of guys, and then be able to pitch off my fastball and throw all my awesome pitches for strikes, which I don't feel like I did really well the last year, which is why I struggled a lot. And so for me, just to kind of get back to what my basics were and what I do well, I think that really led to some of the changes and you know led to me having more success. And then you know, like you said with the velo, there was just an uptick in velo as well that um, you know let me get away with a few more mistakes. But really, getting ahead of guys was where um, I just kind of felt myself get more comfortable and get back to pitching the way I know how.
3: You were up in the up with the Cardinals toward the end of the year during your time in the big leagues. How much did you learn? I mean, what did you realize? Okay, here's more adjustments I might have to make in the future to establish myself and, and stay at that level.
4: You know, it, it was just a lot of watching and learning from the guys, you know, watching Waka, Carlos, Weaver, um, talking with Wainwright, and just watching them go about their business and seeing, you know, what they do. You know, I spent, I spent time with Weaver uh, before I spent time with him in AAA, and we've kind of worked here and there. just how we go about our things, I've seen him work, but being able to watch Waka work, and you know, his days after, his running, uh, how he gets in the weight room, even in September where he was still in there, uh, two, three times, like, in between starts, and just the, the amount of focus that goes into the, to the bullpens, and to the work in between, was just, that was really where I saw more of the, like, I saw more, like, that's where I learned more, more so than kind of on the field stuff where, you know, I was pitching, you know, make certain mistakes. But for me, when it came to just pitching, it was just kind of the same things where I didn't do what I normally do well, which was get ahead, throw strikes, work off my fastball. So, um, you know, for me, it was just, I I just need to get back to doing what I do well. But in everything else, it was just a lot of watching and, and learning and seeing how these guys went about their business every day.
3: How much did you know about the rookie career development program before you got here, and how helpful do you think it'll be when you get back to the big leagues? You know, uh, I believe, you know, I've had a few friends uh, come through here, Max Fried, Lucas
4: Gilido, they both went through here. So I had heard a little bit about it the, um, from them. You know, they both enjoyed it. They both had a good time when they were here. So I was, uh, you know, definitely intrigued as to what exactly we were, you know, we were totally getting into. They didn't give me too many details, um, but, you know, uh, I, I think in the long run it's gonna be you know it's gonna be a lot of help even if I can just take away one thing from it while I've been here uh, you know I'm just gonna try to make it a successful trip out here.
3: In terms of uh, your uniform number what number do you wear and, and why did you pick that number?
4: Well I'm wearing 32 I didn't necessarily get to pick <laughs> it but uh, you know that's what they gave me. And uh, What's usually your favorite number? It. My favorite number I've always worn the number nine since I was growing up, but that's retired by the the Cardinals, Enos, Enos Slaughter. Um, so I, will, I'll, you know, I obviously don't get the opportunity to wear that. But since I was growing up, I've worn number nine, and then during the season, uh, in double and triple, a, I wore 27. But uh, Cecil was wearing that. So, um, but when I came to the to the field that day, and I had 32 on uh, my jersey, I got a, I got a text from Max actually. I, uh, I think it was after the game, he said, man, you're wearing my number. Because that's his number. So uh, that was kind of funny. But.
3: That's funny. How about, um you have a celebrity lookalike? Does anybody tell you you look like anybody famous? Oh, my goodness. I, You know, I get that all the time. Like, I've
4: gotten the the two that i got a lot was I got Colin Kaepernick a lot. And then, like, two years ago I had longer hair, and people used to say Clay Thompson. Um, but I've gotten all different kinds of things. One person said, like, in this one picture, I look like Derek Jeter. And I was like, I don't even want to be compared to that. To that. <laughs> like, you can give me other lookalikes. Um, but I've gotten all kinds of, but the most common ones are Colin Kaepernick is probably the most common one. And then uh, Clay Thompson, too. Gotcha. How about your uh, craziest baseball experience? Craziest baseball experience? That's like ever. Ever. That had to be, I think, I was 13, 12, 13 years old, uh, playing in a tournament, and we went in like we were the number one seed, and we lost our first like basically like playoff game, and then we had to because we lost, we had to play six games in two days. Wow! And so we had to win. Uh, we played that we played that morning, lost. Then we had to play two more games, win both those. Come back the next day and win three games, and in that final game, our manager got taught, got ejected, and our uh, second assistant coach got ejected. And so we only had one coach. Um, that was probably the craziest thing. We ended up winning it too, but I, I, that's something I'll never forget. That's something all of us, like we will all still remember. But having to win five games in two days, playing six games in two days was. You know, that's something you only do at 12, 13 right. years old. I couldn't imagine <laughs> doing that right now.
3: Now, how about, uh, do you have a favorite MLB memory from when you were a kid? Ooh,
4: favorite MLB memory from when I was a kid? Um, you know, it, it, it's one that I won't really forget was when, you know, I grew up in L.A. Dodgers fan was when they hit, uh, I think it was four straight home runs against the Padres. Um, they were down I think they were down in ninth four runs uh, I think they hit they hit two or three of them off of uh, Trevor Hoffman and I, I'll, I'll remember that and then uh Noma Garcia Par I ended up walking it off um, so off the top of my head that's that's one game like yeah, I mean you don't see four home runs in a row ever right and they did it in the ninth to tie the game and that was that was something cool to watch if you could
0: tell us a little bit about the progress Flaherty has made.
2: Yeah, I mean, Jack had a very impressive year last year, jumping from AA um, and then finishing the year up in St. Louis. We saw him make a couple starts with the Cardinals there down the stretch. Struggled a little bit, but I think that's to be expected even from you know a top prospect, just kind of the adjustment, um, not just to the level of competition, but also to the duration of the season. I mean, he had never pitched that much in a season as a professional, but This is a guy who has top-rate stuff. I mean, he is somebody who the Cardinals believe can be a frontline starter down the road. Uh, You know, as I mentioned earlier, I think Luke Weaver, based on his 2017 season, probably begins next season with the edge for an open rotation spot. But Jack Flaherty has to be in that competition as well. He did show an increase in velocity last year, which was very encouraging. Um, And also just kind of an improvement in terms of trusting his stuff and going after hitters. Had great success in the minors. Um, I would expect that to continue, and whether he's in the rotation opening day or not, I would expect Jack Flaherty to make an impact on this 2018 Cardinals team at some point during the season.
0: Absolutely. So as you said, definitely some question marks with this Cardinals team, but a lot of excitement as well, especially adding Marcelo Zuna to the middle of that lineup. Jennifer Langosh, thanks so much for the time. As always, happy New Year, and we'll talk to you again very soon. I'm Darwin. Thank Zook. you. Absolutely. Thanks for tuning in on MLB.com Extras.